Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in Brandon Vogel in that football office at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Really enjoy Patrick's observation today. Very nice of him. As he says, so it's a hat day today, Chris. <laughs> yes, it is a hat day in lieu of the... Uh, the Floby experiment yesterday. It's not that bad a haircut. I need to just do what Vogue's does and just go aerodynamic. Vogue's needs just a red tracksuit, and he's looking like KGB from the movie Rounders. Vogue's, it is good to see you. It's football season. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks for having me. Uh, <clears throat> can't recommend the the approach enough. I I, I don't have much choice, and I. <laughs> haven't for for a long time so this is kind of the best that i can do but it is it is efficient so it it, it is absolutely we're all about efficiency come football season <laughs> especially especially that you know this was the sort of thing like now's your time schmitty you're thinking about shaved head you Can't, know i have a I lot don't... of a lot of a lot of examples out, out there of guys going shaved head for two days mm-hmm. uh for for preseason camp like this is your time show unity but i think i think elijah and connor have to go there too whoa whoa, whoa. Um, just be like this is this is the team the team look <laughs> well then to be vain again for two days in a row the i i have very few features that i'm a i'm proud of voice is one hair is another yeah. <laughs> yep. and that's that's what i run with you mentioned you mentioned team vogues and i want to go there for a moment you put a tweet out hail varsity put a tweet out today with the magazine the uh, final issue and i don't want to get you emotional or uh weird but i want to say thank you with the work talent and incredible camaraderie that um you've shown and uh, just now flat out magic you and Aaron and uh, Brady are and, and will continue to be. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I'll, I'll try to not get emotional as well, but you know, we got 11, 11 years to, to put together a print magazine. Um, this August issue, unfortunately uh, was our last one. I think people who, who follow media know that the, the landscape the landscape out there wasn't easy when we started in 2012 and it's it by no means no means got easier um but i would say thank you to anybody who has ever and certainly is currently 
a, a subscriber to to hail varsity you know we we really believed in print and putting out a monthly magazine that could be something a little bit outside of you know so much happens on twitter or whatever x i'm sorry now um <laughs> or whatever other social media platform you see like that's that's where you get the news but even in 2012 like hail varsity was never intended to be that because we have to we have to print a physical product and you know there's <clears throat> i feel very very fortunate to have worked with the team throughout that entire process we've had people who were there from the very first issue we've had people who have come and gone um and we've had new people who were very much committed to to that process and it was it was very fun and rewarding professionally to get to do that for as long as we did wish we had longer uh feels like a uh feels like an exciting time for Nebraska athletics, regardless of whatever's happening to Hale Varsity, the magazine, the actual printer product. Like it, it, it does feel like an exciting time for Nebraska athletics. And it, it, it hurts probably more than anything to know that, well, whatever it is, whatever's to come, uh, unfortunately we're not going to have pages to print, uh, kind of covering that or capturing that to whatever degree we could. Folks, well, well said. You're very well, well, said. well said. And the magazine will be missed, Brandon. And, and tell me, through 11 years of hard work for, for you and the entire team, do you have any memories of making this magazine? Any e-true Hollywood stories that stand out in your memory of, uh, of things you won't forget from the magazine? Ah, uh, yes. The uh, A.J. Benda. Uh, imagine the voice going. I mean, uh, a, a lot of them. I mean, there are two that, that kind of jump out to mind immediately. You know, in our March of 2020 issue, like at the time that the, the whole thing was shaken down about COVID and hey, what's going to happen? Basically, the weekend that they uh, canceled the NCAA tournament, which from a sports perspective was the moment that I knew, like, okay, this is this is a, a big big deal. Um, you know, we basically had that issue done, and we had probably maybe twenty four hours to like flip it and turn it around uh came up with a cover concept that i still really like to this day and i'm not the kind of person who like <laughs> tends to look back on things and be like oh yeah you nailed it you got it and i'm not saying we nailed it or got it but i'm still proud of that cover you know two almost three years on um so that, that was a big moment there was another i'm forgetting the year but Another year where we did a state of Husker Nation poll around the spring game, we took photos of fans and, you know, this is all happening on Saturday and we go to print on, on Monday morning. Um, and I remember going back to our offices in downtown Lincoln, like we had our full team there. And it was just, it was just a really fun night. Like we ended up smoking cigars at the end of the night, which, you know, that's always, that's always a good sign. Um, but like worked really hard until like two or three in the morning of like, Hey, we've got all these amazing photos. Like we've got to write a story kind of encapsulating like this spring, this spring game and what it all means. And, and those are the things with print that sure, like can seem a little bit outdated, but those are the, the memories. Like a lot of my memories, like the ones that will really, really last. And I have plenty are, um, come down to deadlines, like deadlines and limits. I think as I get older, uh, become pretty important 
in the grand scheme of things. It's like, here's what you got to work with. What are you going to do? And you got to figure that out on a, on a monthly basis uh, for, for a print publication like we did. Brandon Vogel with us and at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, thank you for sharing your time and your expertise, your passion, brother, on, on uh, Nebraska coverage. It uh, doesn't get any better uh, with uh, you and the team. Uh, when we're talking uh, about uh, trends and where sports is, I mean, you can't blink and there's not some sort of line uh, out there for, for gambling. Even in the state of Nebraska, it is legal to wager, just not when Nebraska's playing in Lincoln. But Elijah pulled some numbers uh, from from Phil Steele, and I want to go here with you, because you're a numbers guy as well, and just does, does it sway your outlook for this season when we talk about that 6-6 six and six line to hit if you're Nebraska rules history when it comes to being an underdog with some some younger new teams and and some outright upsets and also well uh, great teams cover that old saying yeah um uh i mean i think being the underdog is a, a key piece of this so a couple of things that i think we've like ventured into on on previous shows but we'll we'll pull up here again so Back when Nebraska fired Scott Frost, like I kind of put out a, a post on on HailVarsity.com of like, hey, here's every like like maybe wild, maybe totally unrealistic, but um, getting uh, you know here's all the coaching candidates, and I looked at them from two factors: one from McAleese Sports of like, hey, here's here's a model we built for this. The other one was an an against the spread record because I do think that's valuable. Um, Not from a betting perspective of just like, hey, you you basically make every game almost a coin flip. And how do coaches do against that? Matt Rule, who was on that initial list, had the third best record among the like 17 coaches that that I wrote about for that. And his his against the spread record was 0.610, which is remarkable. Like, I think Vic Saban's probably at like 0.560, somewhere around there. Like, I mean, this is a sign that the spread works, right? If you can make Nick Saban a guy who basically wins half his games, like, that's that's what it's designed to do. And and Rule was far above that. The two guys who were, he was behind were Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, mm-hmm. who only had three seasons at that point, and um, Kalani Sataki at BYU, who had a little bit longer stretch. But... I think Kalani Sataki is is a guy who's really really valued in in coaching circles, and he's playing so, with thirty year olds. Yes, yeah. Um, so Matt Rule was was there through his four seasons at Temple, his three seasons at Baylor. That's all he had to measure at that point, and it was just a guy where you could look at the against the spread record and be like, whatever the spread is, whether he's favored, whether he's an underdog, like they play better than that, and 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 that that really stood out and. You know the recent the the updated SP Plus rankings came out. I like put all that stuff in my notebook. Actually, just this morning was looking at it. And, like Nebraska's based on the SP Plus ratings, which are not like gospel or anything, but they're only favored in like four, maybe five games. So you're looking at a six and a half win total. At least that's what it was last I looked. I haven't seen what the market's done to that. Like 
you got to go uphill a little bit. Um, and you really got to, you really got to win those non-conference games um, because that's where Nebraska is favored. That's three of those games that they're favored in based on an SP plus or a similar power rating. So we'll see. I mean, we get one right out of the gate where you're going to go to Minnesota. You're not going to be the favorite. Like we'll see how big of an underdog you are. Um, but We'll, we'll learn something about Nebraska either way. And Matt Rule's against the spread record is is worth looking at if, if you haven't already. And I just have the numbers in front of me here, Brandon. In 63 conference games, Matt Rule has covered in 43 of those games for a 68% cover rate. <laughs> and in true road games as a college coach, there's been 40 of them for Matt Rule. He has covered in 28 of those, a 70% cover rate. That's yeah. remarkable. I mean, he, like every – I mean – and, and, you know, for a coach who's coached long enough, and I would say seven seasons for bat rule, like, you're good. Like, those those are huge, huge numbers. They they really are. And, and like, I understand as a fan, like, at the end of the day, you just want to win the game. But we've had to do so much reading between the lines with the Nebraska football over the past five, six, seven, eight years, however long, that, like, people talk about it all the time. They just want to come out of the game and be like, the team played well. Like, they put their they put everything out there and and that's what that number is really meant to measure so like yeah if you're a 22 point underdog against michigan and you lose by 13 it's still a loss like if that's all you care about then i get it like i i totally get that approach but that's playing well vogues i'm going to keep you a couple more minutes for some overtime got to talk turnovers and quarterbacks next sounds good hail varsity radio is live now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. That wasn't very nice. Todd off the top rope. Everyone in the stream is mentioning that you yeah, have keep the hat on. That's what my wife said when I was leaving. Keep the hat on. Um... Nice to see old Herp Neck. Thank you, Todd, for that. Uh, we had another tough experience, Vogues, at the barbershop yesterday. And oh. <laughs> Vogues doesn't know what to say. He's just pausing. And uh, He heard old Herp Neck, and he doesn't know what yeah. to say. Like, uh, <laughs> I gotta go we check reference on. the comments from yesterday? I don't have any. any uh, Vogues doesn't have a dog, but he's. I got to go check on the dog, guys. We'll, we'll uh, <laughs> see it in a little bit. But Brandon Vogel with this incredible uh, issue with Hale Varsity Magazine, final issue. Please uh, get that. And it, black and white cover, fan, balloon. It is magic and incredible work uh, for so many years. Uh, add Brandon L. Vogel. On Twitter is where you can follow Vogues. So we were talking rule and covering numbers and what do you do and what do you do when you're kind of an out-talented underdog team and it's been detailed how well Coach Rule has gotten his teams to play. I know we touched on it when he was hired, but it comes into play here in two weeks and it comes into play a lot of this season, Vogues. And one thing that is an equalizer, unfortunately, if your defense can go get you the football, and that helps you out, Kleiman and all the work he did. K-State's uh, a premier team, I think, of with forcing turnovers, forcing mistakes, not really having things handed to them, but, but making their own breaks. Uh, Nebraska's going to need some of that this year. But also, just let's talk about the 
upside and then the reality of of the quarterback spot with dual threat quarterbacks and not just Sims, not just Nebraska, but that topic in general, it's live and die by the sword at times from a turnover standpoint. Yeah, it is. I mean, and as we've seen, you know, Nebraska has had sort of unwilling attrition, I guess, in in some cases. And and some of that's not permanent with the the wide receiver group, but that was a big big question mark coming in. Um, It hasn't gotten smaller over the practices we've seen so far with Nebraska due to entry and some and some departures. So it's like, hey, who are you gonna count on to to catch the ball? Who's the guy where you're like, it's third and six, like what you know, if this play breaks down, just throw it down there to to that person and and we'll be okay. Like, you know, that was Trey Palmer last year and uh it was Samari Ture before that. And you go back a couple years beyond that, it was Stanley Morgan. And there, there, there's not that person on the roster that you can identify now. Um, and, and some of this, you know, goes to goes to Jeff Sims, like with a question I've been thinking about fairly frequently. Like, do we think he's going to have the best year of his career? Because if he does, that's obviously a very good thing for Nebraska. But his best year at Georgia Tech, in my opinion, as a passer, not even factoring in running the football, was 60 per, 60% completion, 12 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Like, you know, it's better to be positive in that, that TD to interception ratio, but probably not the gap like you would, you would like to see. And, and that doesn't mean that's, that's what we're, what's in store for this year. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a question. Can you avoid those turnovers? That's really been the big thing we, you know, Nebraska's turnover history is is pretty well documented at this point. It doesn't make any sense at one of at one at some year they're going to go crazy like positive, and it's going to be hard to explain why. But the biggest piece of that has been like they just commit too many on offense. It's not about the takeaways; it's about the giveaways. Is there a healthy? ratio of touchdowns to interceptions obviously you're in an ideal world you want zero interceptions. three to to zero yeah but (laughs) i don't think that's the reality of football do you think there is a is two to one a a healthy ratio for touchdowns to interceptions or or what is a number for success for jeff sims if he can reach a a certain ratio of touchdowns interceptions yeah i think i think two to one's a like fair starting point um and i would i would have to go back and look i'm gonna guess like that's sims hasn't been at that point during his his georgia tech years so you think about that like that's kind of your like pretty good big 10 quarterback like if you're like yeah they threw 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions be like okay two to one like you know you talk about somebody like Caleb Williams and I don't know his numbers off the top of my head either, but, or even some of those guys, like some air raid guys from the past or some people who are in a lot of passing offenses, like Colt McCoy to go way, way back was a really good example. Like that guy almost never threw interceptions. And when he did, like, I remember writing in 2009 going into that Nebraska, Texas game. I was like, Nebraska needs to force two interceptions here. And I think they got three in that game. They did. Um, and, and it, it gave them a chance to win because Colt McCoy almost never did that. In fact, I think he was, eh, don't quote me on this, but like, I think he was close to undefeated if he threw fewer than two interceptions. So that's, you know, that's kind of where you're at. You get to three to one, four to one. It's like, okay, well, you're just kind of, 
<laughs> you're you're in a video game offense at that point. So I think two to th- between two and three, like you're in a really good spot. Two is probably the minimum you need to have. I you you mentioned the Colt McCoy. Dejon Gomes was your culprit. He was that good in the backfield, uh, defensive backfield for Nebraska. He had two of the three, I think. Problem is Zach Lee handed three over of his own, and you ended up net zero. Think about that game, yeah. damn it, if if you go plus three in the turnover but, battle. I mean, Nebraska, though? It means Alex Henry's kicking and kicking and kicking, right? To, to, to Brandon's point, Nebraska had a quarter of Colt McCoy's interceptions that season in that one game. 12? He, he, threw, he threw 12. Uh, without Nebraska, he would have thrown nine. In his that career, 112 touchdowns to 45 interceptions, which was hurt by his sophomore year when he was 22 and 18. Everywhere else, he had better than a two to one ratio. And uh, actually, for two of his college seasons, he had better than a three to one touchdown interception ratio. Well, Colt had a tear or two going down each cheek when Ohio State went into Austin and smacked them. I did relish that. <laughs> Vogues, we will uh, let you get back to it. We love you. And uh, we will talk to you Saturday morning. All right. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate you. There he is. Brandon Vogel with us. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.